from the WILK studios in Pittston, Pennsylvania. Welcome to Sharing Recovery. Straight talk on today's struggles of addiction and triumphs of recovery. Recovery is possible. Sharing Recovery is sponsored by Clearbrook Treatment Center, Serenity Lodge, Attorney Jason Mattioli, and Archstone Recovery Center. We welcome your calls with questions or comments. Call 570-883-0098 or 1-800-437-0098. The views expressed on this show are not necessarily those of Intercom Communications staff, management, or sponsors. Here are your hosts, Suzanne Kelly and Jack Kropp. Hello and welcome to Sharing Recovery. Uh, we're very happy that you chose to spend this uh, afternoon with us. I'm Suzanne Kelly and I'm joined by fellow host Jack Kropp, who uh, two months ago celebrated his 19th year of sobriety, which is just absolutely fabulous. Um, we put the show together to talk about help, hope and healing. Uh, we do know that recovery is possible, but we also know that silence often equals death. And today's topic for Sharing Recovery is about relapse, um, a lot of myths about relapse, a lot, lot of uh, misinformation about relapse. We know that it happens, yet we also know that relapse is not a failure. And today we have two guests. We have Fred C. with us and Steve L., who are here in the WILK studios, and uh, they're ready to share their story. So welcome, guys. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much for having us. This is awesome. Um, Steve, if I could start with you, um, tell us a little bit about um, when you started using, if it was alcohol, drugs, both. Uh, give us a little bit of background of, of uh, what started for you. Um, well, I started drinking in the eighth grade, around 13 years old, and uh, started with drinking and smoking pot. And by the time I was in ninth and 10th grade, I was on to heavier drugs, um, cocaine, not opiates yet, but, uh, you know, still smoking pot and drinking, but cocaine and taking acid and basically doing whatever I can get my hands on. And uh, throughout the course of most of my life till I was 29, I, you know, I had problems with um, cocaine and Adderall, usually speed type drugs. And um, I, by the time I was 27, I was on opiates and eventually that led to heroin. But it all started, I'd say, in eighth grade. And just with just with drinking. You just did it to have, you know, be part of the clique, be part of a group, feel that you belonged or you're trying to, you know, block stuff out of your life. No, it was just like you said early on, it was because my friends were doing it. And a lot of it had to do with clinical and support staff provide the highest level of professional treatment and individualized care. Call Archstone Recovery Center at 855-899-2292. Jason Mattioli is a personal injury and criminal defense lawyer prepared to fight for you. Attorney Mattioli has an exceptional record of defending the rights of those arrested for DUI and drug offenses. He also represents victims of tractor trailer and automobile accidents, premises liability, product defects, and work-related accidents. If you or a loved one has been arrested or injured, call Attorney Mattioli at 570-961-1616. Serenity Lodge is a safe, structured, supervised, sober living community for young men located in the beautiful mountains of Susquehanna County, Pennsylvania. Serenity Lodge has perfected the missing piece between addiction treatment and real life. Serenity Lodge teaches how to use the principles of recovery along with age-appropriate life skills. Call Serenity Lodge today at 570-650-8205. 
Since 1972, Clearbrook Treatment Center has been providing successful treatment for those suffering from substance abuse. Clearbrook's medical program provides round-the-clock care and treatment from a licensed and specialized medical team. Clearbrook's approach to addiction is largely based upon the proven practices of Alcoholics Anonymous. Pastoral services are available to patients seeking spiritual guidance. Call Clearbrook today at 570-260-2600. This is WYLK, powered by Sherwood Chevrolet Buick GMC, online at SherwoodChevrolet.com. Welcome back to Sharing Recovery. Straight talk on today's struggles of addiction and triumphs of recovery. Recovery is possible. We welcome your calls with questions or comments. Call 570-883-0098 or 1-800-437-0098. Here are your hosts, Suzanne Kelly and Jack Kropp. And welcome back to Sharing Recovery. Um, Today's topic is relapse is not failure. Uh, Before the break, we were talking with Steve and Fred, and uh, it seems like the common denominator is with recovery. And when you feel yourself going back into that relapse mode, you really can't hang out with the same people that you were using with because they're not your friends. So you keep doing the same thing over and over. You're not going to get a different result, right? Okay. Correct. So, Fred, you were talking about um, those who you hung out with, and and give us a little bit more about your temporary spiral. Sure, absolutely. Looking back, um, you, you said something that's so important: doing the same thing, expecting a different result. I, I equate that to for myself. I, I didn't change anything about myself. And uh, the result was I got the same results, you know. Um, if nothing changes, nothing changes. So um, if you take, they say, if you take a a horse, a drunk horse thief, and you sober him up, now you have a sober horse thief. And uh, that's what I was. I was just the same guy except I was sober. Four months, um, looking back, thinking that I could stay clean on willpower, and I could for... Uh, uh, you know, four months, I could stay clean on willpower, which was pretty, pretty good. Um, but I look back to the warning signs, and there were major warning signs that were, I had a relapse was already um, commencing; it was coming. What and were your signs? The signs. Uh, we first talked about one major one: people, places, and things. I was hanging out with uh, people that I used to use and run with. Um, I was hanging out at old places where I used to get high at. And um, I was doing the same things, uh, engaged in the same hobbies that I used to to do when I was getting high. Uh, Another big warning sign was I was, like Jack said, I was not relying on uh, the wisdom of somebody who had been sober for a long time. Uh, I wasn't talking to a sponsor. I was not engaged in any kind of uh, program of recovery. I was basically relying on myself. And the uh, other major warning sign was I was not being honest with anybody about how I really felt. You know, as being that tough guy, I don't got to talk to anybody. I'll deal with my problems. And, uh, you know, after drinking and drugging all my life, I was not equipped to handle my emotional state. I had no emotional coping skills at all because my coping skill was give me uh, Southern Comfort, a fat blunt, and some heroin. Right. So what what we know is that 
we have to clean house. We have to tell somebody every day what's going on. And when we refuse to do that, when we assume that the guy in the mirror is smarter than everybody else, we start down that road of, of trouble. And trouble is going to come back to us. Now, Fred, how long are you clean now? Now I'm sober eight years. And Steve? Three and a half years. Okay. So, and, and that's, that's wonderful. And you guys both work a great program. But we all know people, and I want to get this, I want to make this point, that it's not just people new in recovery that end up relapsing. People, we all know people that have had 15 and 20 years who stop doing what's required to maintain recovery, and those people have relapsed. Yeah, we're telling that story from the point of view of guys that are relatively young in recovery, but it happens. It can happen to anyone who isn't willing to work at recovery. Did you work at being drunk and high every day, Fred? I certainly did, Jack, yes. And Steve? Yeah, I put a lot of work into that. Okay, so why wouldn't we think it takes just as much work to remain clean and sober as it did to get high and, and to be drunk because being drunk is a job you know you, you have to plan your day around your drinks you have to plan your day financially you have to decide whether or not you're going to pay the irs or have money to drink in my case it was always money to drink i really didn't care about the bills i didn't care about responsibilities i didn't care if the kids had cereal as long as i was drinking now that that's the, the the frame of mind you're working with. So you take away the alcohol, and you still have that frame of mind. Something has to change to change that way of thinking. So Fred, you you say four months out, you, you relapsed and you started using again. How long did that run last, Fred? That run lasted a little over one year, uh, of which. What uh, they do say about alcoholism and drug addiction is a disease of progression and uh, fatal progression. And, and my disease got much worse. My habit with uh, heroin and alcohol got much, much worse, uh, much more consequences. And uh, finally, uh, the circumstances were such that I got into another detox in rehab and um this time completely broken, I was able to actually look back once I was sober long enough and remember where had I fallen short? Um, why wasn't I able to stay sober the last time? And this what we're talking about here. Um, and I love what you said that we used to drink every day. So in recovery, I personally have discovered that I have to do something for my recovery every day. I'm a dependent person. I need something. And uh, now that I don't have drugs and alcohol, take the drugs and alcohol away, I have to replace it with something. And, and today I replace it with doing things for my recovery. So, um, Okay, now that's another interesting point that, that i like you to make because today it doesn't have to be going to a meeting every day to work on your recovery, does it? There are other things you can do by helping others, participating in, in recovery events, just being around recovering people is working on recovery. It doesn't have to, people get in, people are afraid. People are afraid of recovery. There are people listening that say, I can't do that. I can't commit to going to a meeting every day or talking to a sponsor every day if, if they even have any clue what that means or having a support group. 
there are other ways of participating and working on recovery than just that. Now, Steve, how long did your run last after you got, when you relapsed? Uh, from the time I left the first rehab till I got into Clearbrook, it was only three, three and a half months that and, I made it And out how there. bad was that three and a half months? It was horrible because when I, when I was clean for the day, I remember thinking if, if because I didn't have a program. I, didn't, I wasn't reaching out to people. I was. I only cared about myself still. I remember thinking on the days when I was sober, like if this is what sobriety is, I don't even want to try to be like this because I was so down and out. And uh, it only lasted about three and a half months, and then I, I got into Clearbrook, thank God. But I also, uh, in that time frame, like I had already hit a material bottom, a financial bottom, but I, I hit a real self-esteem low in that three and a half months. I could no longer look in the mirror um, at points where I would pray that, you know, I would go in my sleep or I can take enough pills and heroin to, to knock me out for good. You know, stuff like that would cross my mind. You actually got to the point where you thought dead was better than alive? Absolutely. No light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, if this is going to be the rest of my life, I don't I don't want to be around type of thoughts. You didn't want to be stuck in that wedge between, between high and sober. Yeah. Fred, did it ever get that bad for you that you wanted to die? It did get that bad. And uh, the only reason I didn't make the supreme sacrifice they talk about is because I... I thought that would be way too much of a blow to my family, and uh, I couldn't be that selfish to take myself out. But yes, yes, because when I was high, I was aware that I was destroying my life, and I would say to myself, this has to stop. And when I was uh, sobering up, when I was coming down, I was sick, and I was having cravings, and I said to myself, I have to get high. And I couldn't enjoy being high, and I couldn't enjoy being sober. I'd like to take a break. Uh, we're going to go to the phones right now. We have um, Eric on the line. Eric from Harvey's Lake. Hi. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hi. It's nice to hear this stuff. It's nice to hear this stuff. I relapsed several times in the years I've been coming around to AA, and it was uh, every time it was just uh, I'd stop going to meetings and something else would take its place, and, you know, and it was just a matter of time before I was going to pick up again. And I find myself saying, how did I get here again? How did I do this? You know, and uh, I would go back to meetings and I would see the same people that have time um, still going to meetings. You know, and I that's when uh, one of my friends came here from Arizona and, and I couldn't understand why we would go to meetings every day, every day, every day. You know, until I got into it and just I just cannot stay sober without it. And I need to fellowship. I need to be there. So, Eric, how are you stuff. doing today? How are you doing today? Um, you had your relapse, but you're back in in a support program. Uh, yeah, I've been for nine years now. Nine years. So the, nine years for the second time I've had nine years. I went out after 11 years one time. The same thing, stopped going to meetings. And that's the point I'm making. It's not just people yeah. that are new in recovery that relapse. No. There are people with time, 11 years, nine years, that can I, relapse because they stopped doing what we need to do to stay sober. Yeah. Yeah. Eric, what are, you exactly doing for your, what are you doing for yourself today, Eric, to um, take care of yourself and to keep yourself uh, on this journey? I try to do this every day. I try to go to a meeting every day. Uh, I was at one this morning, you know, and I, uh, I'm driving around and I put on the radio and I listen to you guys. Uh, yeah. Thank you for yeah. that, Eric. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much, Eric. We really appreciate your call. God bless. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So now, that's that's the point that, 
you guys both have said the same things. Eric just said the same things that you work a program, you stopped, life was terrible, and you caught caught between using and not using, and it was just awful. And it's just a horrible, horrible way to live. So what happens next? We're going to talk about what happens next. Uh, we just need to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Serenity Lodge is a safe, structured, supervised, sober living community for young men located in the beautiful mountains of Susquehanna County, Pennsylvania. Serenity Lodge has perfected the missing piece between addiction treatment and real life. Serenity Lodge teaches how to use the principles of recovery along with age-appropriate life skills. Call Serenity Lodge today at 570-650-8205. Since 1972, Clearbrook Treatment Center has been providing successful treatment for those suffering from substance abuse. Clearbrook's medical program provides round-the-clock care and treatment from a licensed and specialized medical team. Clearbrook's approach to addiction is largely based upon the proven practices of Alcoholics Anonymous. Pastoral services are available to patients seeking spiritual guidance. Call Clearbrook today at 570-260-2600. Jason Mattioli is a personal injury and criminal defense lawyer prepared to fight for you. Attorney Mattioli has an exceptional record of defending the rights of those arrested for DUI and drug offenses. He also represents victims of tractor trailer and automobile accidents, premises liability, product defects, and work-related accidents. If you or a loved one has been arrested or injured, call attorney Mattioli at 570-961-1616. Archstone Recovery Center of the Palm Beaches provides addiction treatment centered within a small, personal, community-type setting. For nearly two decades, Archstone has helped thousands suffering from alcohol and chemical dependencies recover and regain control of their lives. Archstone's medical, clinical, and support staff provide the highest level of professional treatment and individualized care. Call Archstone Recovery Center at 855 855- 899-2292. The Wilkesbury Scranton Penguins are back on the ice in Northeast Pennsylvania. Listen to all the action on the Penguins flagship station, WILK News Radio. And he scores! Listen for your chance to win a family four-pack of tickets all season long. Brought to you by Ram. With a Ram truck, no job will be too much for you to handle this holiday season. Get great deals all month long at the Ram Black Friday sales events. Catch every goal, save, and bone-drenching hit on WILK News Radio. Welcome back to Sharing Recovery. Straight talk on today's struggles of addiction and triumphs of recovery. Recovery is possible. We welcome your calls with questions or comments. Call 570-883-0098 or 1-800-437-0098. Here are your hosts, Suzanne Kelly and Jack Kropp. And welcome back. The topic today is relapse is not failure. Um, one of the things that I want to want to talk about is with with Fred and Steve is that you know you you weren't working your program, you weren't doing the things that you needed to do to keep yourself safe, to keep yourself on this journey of recovery. Um, and you both are doing things now for yourselves. Right. Relapse is not failure. And right. Now, we've talked about relapse through the beginning of the first three quarters of this show. And now we're going to talk about the fact that it's not failure, that you two guys are doing great today. And self-care is not selfish. It, no, it's not. So, Fred, you got to that point, done, you went back to treatment, 
and then what happened? Where are we at today? So today, uh, what that relapse did for me, and I just want to say that relapse is not necessary by any means. And part of the reason why I'm sharing with everybody right now is to that they might learn through me, through my own mistakes. But, through your experiences. Uh, correct. And uh, what I do today is uh, because of that relapse, I'm aware and I have a be better knowledge about myself that I have to do something for my recovery every day. And, uh, and a lot of that, what I do for recovery is I found out that there are other ways to feel good besides drugs and alcohol. And I'm not talking about pleasure seeking because that's what I did with drugs and alcohol as well, but um, helping other people is huge. It helps me to stop thinking about myself, uh, build my self-esteem, feel good at the end of the day. I utilize prayer in my daily life and that reduces a lot of stress for myself, meditation. I uh, talk to other people that are recovering and uh, I tell them what's going on with me if I'm struggling. If I have uh, um, something, let me interrupt you for a second. For you say you're struggling, you don't mean you're struggling with day, drugs and alcohol. You mean you're struggling with life. Correct. That life continues to happen, no matter whether we're sober or, or using. Life continues to happen. Everyone's life, no matter who you are, has ups and downs. So you're talking when you say struggling. I don't want to confuse the audience and they think, oh, he's struggling with drugs again. That's not what you mean. You mean struggling with life on life's terms, life as it comes at you every day. Am I right? Correct. Yes. Uh, whether it's a very stressful day at work or a crisis in the family or something with life. Or you lost a basketball game you were in today and, it, and you got upset about it because you don't like to lose basketball games. It could be It anything. could be anything. It could be a broken shoelace. Right. I mean, you could get up tomorrow morning and, and you're running late for work and your shoelace breaks and that makes it a stressful day. That makes it a struggle to deal with life events at that moment, right? Correct. Steve, how, how do you handle your days now? Well, a lot of it's the same as Fred. You know, I like to wake up in the morning and just simply ask God to keep me sober, keep my family and friends safe. And then uh, throughout the day, I always make it a point, well, meetings are important. I try to go every day, but, you know, sometimes you're busy. You have stuff going on, especially if you put some sobriety together. You have responsibilities. Um the main thing is talking to someone else in the program or someone else that's in recovery. Um, I have to be on point with at least one other person every day, even if it's a conversation to talk about something as small as someone cutting you off and, you know, in traffic, something stupid like that. But just talking to another alcoholic or another drug addict, that's very important for me. You know, a prayer at night and what Jack and Fred were saying, if someone asked me to help out with something, that builds my self-esteem. That helps me probably more than it helps them. You know, a lot of my addiction was all about me and what I could do to better myself or get myself high. So if someone asked me to be of service in some way, I, I say yes to that. I was told not to say no. Right. Helping others. You stop thinking about ourselves because when we're using drugs and alcohol, all we care about is us. So we have to break that cycle. And in order to break that cycle, we have to help others. And we have to help others on a daily basis. So there is a recovery program. And there was a guy named Dr. Bob, and he wrote a prescription. And Dr. Bob's prescription was clean house, which means we need to talk to people every day about what's going on. Trust God, which is something that evolves over time. It doesn't happen the day you stop using, but helping others. And, and that's where, how do you learn that? Where, where do you learn that, Fred? I mean, how do you learn to help others? 
that's something that I learned over time and I learned from other recovering sober people. Um, okay. Going to meetings and putting it into practice. But helping others doesn't have to be helping another alcoholic or another use somebody using. It could be holding the door at the grocery store for the old ladies or, or helping a man in a wheelchair get into his car. Helping others is, is not just limited to a recovery meeting or a recovery person. W what do you do, Steve? Is there... Well, I mean, I, I at first, I in addiction, I didn't really care about what on at the household, you know, like me being there to help my parents out with something. That's a change for me. Uh, simple stuff like holding the door for someone. Um, for me, being of service to others early on meant maybe just not saying what, what comes to my mind in a bad situation, keeping my mouth shut, being kind to people. Um, I will say that I kind of learned it. Even at Clearbrook, they give you a buddy in there. They're kind of getting you prepped for when you leave there. They teach you that you're meant to show that person around, introduce them to people. They kind of get you into service work while you're there, you know, being there for someone else. And uh, that type of stuff helped me out a lot. And early on, maybe being a greeter at one of the groups or uh, helping someone in recovery move furniture, stuff like that made me not feel like I was a low life, gave me some self-esteem, maybe put it in the back of my head that I'm not this raging heroin addict I've become, that I'm a decent person and I could I can continue to be a decent person. We always say that you're much, much more than your disease. No matter what you're doing, you're more and you're a person. Um, what do you guys do for fun? Uh, really, the it's limitless um, for myself. There's so much fun that can be had in recovery, and I had no idea because I thought the fun was over when I was getting sober. But um, I like to dance. Um, I like to snowboard. Um, I work out. I love working out. I go for runs. I sign up for Spartan races, uh, 5Ks, all that. And I love seeing movies. Uh, my girlfriend is a big movie goer. She she loves. So I I uh, am always up to date on the current movies, and uh, the list continues. Um, go out to eat after a meeting, break bread, go bowling. Um, you know anybody that complains that there's um, not anything fun going on, I think that that person is just not fun. When, when I came to recovery. I, I asked an old timer, I said, what am I going to do with all the free time I'm going to have? Because I spent every afternoon from 4 o'clock until 7, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, midnight, 2 o'clock in the morning in a bar. I didn't drink at home. I drank in bars. I said to this guy one time, I said, what am I going to do? I'm going to be bored. I'm going to be bored to death. And he said, if you're bored, it's because you're boring. And he said, if you work this program, you won't have any free time. That You will be amazed that... All of a sudden, those hours you spent in bars, you spend using in a productive manner. What do you do with the time that you you have, Steve? Well, I like what you said. Uh, in sobriety, I've developed a lot more responsibilities. When I would have had downtime in addiction, it's because I really wasn't accomplishing much in terms of career or something on the lines of that. So just the fact that I have more stuff to do in, in the business world, that keeps me going. But a lot of the same stuff Fred does. I have a I have a great girlfriend. We go out to eat. I go to movies. I go to concerts in sobriety. I go camping. Um, I try to get away on vacation a couple times. And I can tell you that in addiction, I was always looking for excitement and, you know, where the biggest party was. Uh, what I really love about recovery is downtime where there's nothing for me to do. I can look forward to that now. When I used to be on edge or always having to do something, um, 
A big thing for me is, you know, you put a hard day of work in, you go to a meeting. Like, I, I look forward to a night when I don't have to do anything but sit on the couch or be with the family or be with the girlfriend or just watch TV. Simple stuff like that holds a new meeting to me now when it used to have to be I had to be in the limelight or in, you know, the, the drunkest, loudest bar I can be around. So both of you guys have talked about the fact that you started using it at an early age. You tried to get clean or sober. You relapsed. You tried again. And you're, and you're working at that today. You're working at being clean and sober. Fred, you're not a failure, are you? I'm not a failure. No. Right. Relapse wasn't a failure. Relapse was just another step in your recovery. You've graduated from college, right, Fred? Yes. You have a job, a career. Yes. And today you're a successful part of society. Not just a recovery society, of all society. And it hasn't... You are not a statistic today. You are actually a thriving human being. And Steve, you have your own business. You've overcome what people think of as a failure, a relapse being a failure, and it's not. Relapse is simply of a step for some people. There are people that don't relapse. But for some people, the relapse is part of the story. And you guys have overcome those relapses to become successful in today's... We're, we're proud of you being part of our community today. And that's what we get in recovery. And relapse, again, it's not a failure. It doesn't mean that you're weak. It doesn't mean that you're lazy. We hear, we hear all of these myths. Um, has anyone come up to you to ask for help? I mean, you're both, um, you're both doing it. You're working the program. You're both sober. And uh, did anyone reach out to you and say, you know, I've seen you do this and I need help because it seems safe to talk to you that, that this individual needs help? Um, yes, I can say for myself and I'm sure probably for Steve um, um, that I have had multiple people reach out to me over the years. I've been doing this for eight years and uh, many people have asked me for help and I've had the, the joy and the honor of sharing my experiences with these people. Both in your personal life and your work life, right? Because I, I'm, I'll say openly, Fred works in the recovery field today. Yes. And I see Fred at work every day, and I know Fred is reaching out and helping every single person he can. Steve actually runs a home for people in recovery. Steve has, has what we call a sober house, and he helps young men. Tell us about that a little bit, Steve. Well, it's nice because you get people um, you get people that are fresh out of rehab and were in the exact same shoes I was in three and a half years ago. And uh, it it helps me more than anything to help them. You know, you can see them struggle. Uh, you can give them structure. And, and like Fred said, just be there for support. I've had people in, uh, in recovery ask me for help or even just as much as someone to talk to. And I've even had people that weren't in recovery like friends I grew up with that would call and say, you know, I'm just, I'm not having a good day and I know you'll be there to listen. You know, stuff like that made me feel great. But you get plenty of people that need help. And if they're at that point where they don't see a light at the end of the tunnel, they'll, they're more susceptible to asking for help, I think. So the message that I have today is to all those people, whether they're family members or, or people in addiction right now that are listening, if you have tried stopping and you can't and you've relapsed, it's okay. Call one of us. We'll all help you. That relapse is just part of this story. And it can be overcome. And you can become successful and happy. Are you guys happy? Absolutely. 
Fred? 110%. That's, that's a wonderful thing to hear because recovery is possible. And thanks, guys. We want to uh, thank our sponsors. We want to thank Clearbrook Treatment Center, Serenity Lodge, Attorney Jason Mattioli, and Archstone Recovery for making this show possible. We also want to say special thanks to local artist Kate, that's K-8, for creating this show's original music, appropriately named New Beginning. Thank you so much for listening, everyone, everybody on Facebook Live. We're going to be back next Sunday here at noon. Have a great week.